Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World. If this is your first time joining me, this ministry is all about providing you with an understanding of the grace of God, which will empower you to change your world and to live the overcoming life. You see, God wants us to live in victory. Yet in order for us to do so, we must have an understanding of His unconditional love and His unmerited favor that has been made available to us through the finished works of Jesus Christ. And so I truly believe this is going to bless you today. Now to find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's teaching. So, and so I want to start off again today with a very uh, powerful and, and very radical statement. And, and this radical statement is this. Listen to this now. Nothing in the Christian life is ever earned. Nothing in the Christian life is ever earned. And we will never be able to take credit for any of the good that comes to us as a result of our faith in Jesus. And so no matter the good that comes to you as a result of your faith in Jesus, uh, whether that is uh, healing or deliverance or prosperity or any other promise uh, of Scripture, I want you to understand that you will never be able to take credit for that. In other words, we won't be able to say, well, Alex, the reason this happened is uh, because I, I, I kept all of the rules. Amen. Uh, the reason this happened is because I kept the, the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Amen. Or you won't be able to say, uh, the reason that this blessing showed up in my life is, is because I, I, I stayed up all night. Praise God. I, and, I, and, I, and I prayed all night, man. And I prayed really hard. And, and, and you know, because I prayed really hard. Uh, that's why this, this blessing, this breakthrough showed up in my life. And so that's not the way that works. You'll never be able uh, uh, to do that. I want you to understand that uh, the blessing of God does not show up in your life in proportion to your performance. Let me say that again. The blessing of God does not manifest in your life in proportion to your performance. Now, this is a radical statement because most of us have been taught that, uh, you know, even as born-again believers, we still have to perform to be pleasing to God. We still have to perform uh, to try to get God uh, to move in our lives. Now, I told you we're going to get radical because I want you to understand uh, uh, that you can never mix grace. You can never mix the grace of God with works or performance. You cannot mix grace with the law. And watch this. Now, any time that you believe that you have to do in order to get God to do, you're actually operating under the law. That is actually the pattern of the law. Now, let's look at this uh, verse here in Romans chapter 11, uh, verse 6, which which really illustrates this. This is what he says. Uh, Verse 6 says, And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Did you catch that? He said, And if by grace then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. And so what he's saying is that if by grace, if, if, if the blessing in your life shows up by grace, he's saying 
then it's no more of works because otherwise uh, grace would no more be grace. <laughs> Amen. Or if, if the blessing of God were to show up in your life as a result of your works, as a result of your performance, which let me tell you right now, it does not, it cannot, that can never happen. Uh, he said if, if, if that was the case, if it were by works, then it would no more be by grace because then work would no more be work. And so what he's really saying is that you can't mix grace and works. You can't have a little bit of grace and mix it in with a little bit of performance. Now, let's be very clear. The type of works that this is talking about is the works of the law. Works of the law, which is really also works of the flesh, is anything that you do in order to try to get God to move in your life. It's you performing to try to be right with God. It is you performing to try to get the blessings of, of, of God to show up in your life. Anything that you do to try to get God to do is, is works of the law, and that's what this is talking about. And works of the law and the grace of God, they cannot be combined. You can't mix the two. Now, this is radical because the truth is, friends, that there's a lot of uh, mixtures going on in churches these days. There's a lot of churches that are mixing uh, the, 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 the covenant of grace with the covenant of law. In other words, this is a, somebody who says, well, Alex, you know, we, we are under the grace of God, uh, but we still have to keep the Ten Commandments. Uh, we're under the grace of God, but we still have to make sure that we perform so that we can stay in right standing uh, with God or so, so that we can make sure that God will, will bless us. Now, I'm going to be very bold and very radical, friends, and I'm going to say that is error. That is not the truth. Now, am I saying, you know, am I saying that we shouldn't pray? Of course not. Am I saying that uh, we shouldn't live a holy lifestyle? Of course not. But what I am saying is, 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 is that uh, transformation in the Christian life, praise God, uh, the, the, the fruit of the Christian life, it can never show up as a result of your performance. I want you to understand that there is no transformative value in the law. In other words, you performing to try to be right with God or you uh, performing to try to get God to bless you, uh, there's no transformation that happens as a result of that. You see, transformation in the Christian life happens by grace and it is really us allowing grace to work in us. It is really us allowing grace to, to radically transform our hearts. You see, this is about heart transformation and, and not uh, behavior uh, modification. Let's be very clear that when we talk about grace, we're not talking about a curriculum or a doctrine. No, friends, when we're talking about grace, we're talking about Jesus. You see, you can't ever separate Jesus and the grace of God. Because how many know the Bible says Jesus full of grace and truth? And so to truly understand grace, you got to know the person of grace, which is Jesus. And watch this. You got to know the spirit of grace, which is the Holy Spirit. And so we'll never be able to really understand this covenant of grace uh, so long as we're trying to merely just intellectual, intellectually understand it. You see what I'm saying? You, you, you need to go beyond just having an intellectual uh, understanding and you, you need to understand that grace is not something that can be merely understood through the mind. No, grace is something that must be known in the heart.
You see, there's a lot of controversy about grace in the body of Christ. There's some people who are concerned and they say, Alex, if you preach too much grace, you're giving people a license to sin. Well, I'm going to show you today that is not the case. Uh, people say, well, if we're under grace, that means we don't have to do anything anymore. That is error as well. You see, because you want to know that works are still involved. You see, works are still involved under grace. There's still things that we do. We still do our part. But what I'm saying is this, that the purpose for our works has changed. The motivation for our works has changed. You see, we want to know the difference now between the works of the law, uh, performing under the law, versus works of faith. Everything we do as born-again believers ought to be works of faith. You see, works of faith are born out of your faith in Jesus. Works of faith are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And works of faith are motivated by love. Now, works of the law, on the other hand, they're born out of obligation. Uh, and by that I mean, it's, I have to do this. Man, if I don't do this, uh, God's not going to bless me. Uh, Alex, if I don't do this, uh, God might even curse me. No, friend, that's not the covenant you're under. And so works of, of the law are born out of obligation. It's I have to do this to be right with God. Uh, and, and works of the law, they're really uh, forced upon your flesh. You see, works of faith are motivated by the Holy Spirit, and it's really the Holy Spirit motivating your born-again uh, self, whereas the works of the law, they're forced, again, they're forced upon your flesh. And the reason for that is, uh, as I'm going to show you a little bit later on, uh, as we go through the series, uh, uh, the, the reason for that is that the law was never meant for a born-again believer. The law was directed at uh, the unsaved person, at the unregenerate uh, 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 man. Uh, really, the law originally was only that covenant of law God only made with, with Israel. Uh, and so the law was not even for, for every, for every uh, person uh, to begin with, amen. And so the law, when you're performing under the law, it's like, I got to do this, and I, and I don't really want to do it, and it's kind of like it's forced upon my flesh. And the last thing is that works of the law are motivated by fear. And so there's always an underlying fear. Man, if I, if I don't say my confessions, then the blessing might not show up in my life. Now, again, I'm not saying throw away confessions. I'm not saying throw away the mechanics of faith and the principles of faith. What I am saying is that we want to understand the place and the purpose for why we do what we do. You see, we confess the word not to try to get God to do it. No, we confess the word to get the word into our hearts. Because when the word is in our hearts, that's when manifestation is going to show up in our lives. You see, this new covenant is really all about the heart. This is all about the heart being transformed. This is all about letting Jesus into your heart and letting him, man, letting him transform you from the inside out. Amen. And so works are still involved, but we're talking about works of faith. We're talking about works that are born out of your faith in Jesus, that are inspired by the Holy Spirit, and that are motivated by love. You see, one of the biggest misconceptions about grace is that under grace we sin more. Somebody says, Alex, uh, I don't know about this grace stuff. Uh, we got to perform. We got to work hard uh, to try to make sure we don't sin. 
and, and, and if you preach too much grace, man, you're just giving people a license to sin. No, what I will show you uh, from Scripture is that under grace, we don't sin more. Under grace, we actually sin less. Sin decreases under grace if grace is properly understood and taught. You know, I will say there's some erroneous teachings out there as well about grace. There's some people who are teaching grace, but not necessarily uh, the way that the Bible is teaching grace. And so we want to look at what does the Word of God say, and we want to have a proper understanding uh, about grace, amen, so that we can truly uh, begin to see the fruits of it in our lives. If you understand that, say amen. And so now let's turn over to uh, the book of uh, Titus, uh, chapter 2, verse 11, and we'll uh, look at this some more. Amen. We're going to look at this uh, verse by verse, and we are just going to go with what Scripture says. Amen. The Word is our foundation. And so uh, Titus, chapter 2, uh, verse 11, uh, talking about how grace teaches us. Now, verse 11 says this, he says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Now, I always like to point out here that the grace of God that bringeth salvation is Jesus. Remember, grace is not a curriculum or a doctrine. We're talking about a person. The grace of God that bringeth salvation, uh, that's Jesus. And so what he's saying here is that uh, Jesus has, uh, has, has appeared to all men. That means he's been made available to everybody on the planet. The word man here is referring to mankind. It's not just talking about, you know, uh, uh, guys. <laughs> it's talking about mankind. And so the grace of God has appeared to all of mankind, meaning that salvation is a finished work. This is radical. Salvation is a finished work, uh, and, and it's available to everybody on the planet. Uh, you see, you want to understand that, 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 that it's a finished work. Uh, we're, under this covenant of grace, our starting point is always, it is finished. And so when you understand that salvation is a finished work, you understand that Jesus is not forgiving a person's sins the moment they believe on him. In other words, whether a person is born again or not, man, this is radical. Their sins are already paid for. Their sins are already forgiven. Now, again, uh, somebody says, well, Alex, are you saying uh, people don't have to get born again? Nothing could be further from the truth. You see, uh, when you take this to the extreme, you end up with this erroneous teaching that, you know, everybody's automatically saved. No. You see, the fact that a person's sins are paid for does not mean that that person is already uh, automatically saved. Why? Because how many know that grace requires our positive response? Our positive response to the grace of God is faith. Grace has made salvation available. By faith, we take possession of that salvation. And so the positive response that is required, friends, is, is faith. And so Jesus is available to, any, to everybody on the planet. Uh, the Bible says in First uh, John chapter 2, verse 2, that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins and also for the sins of the entire world. And so uh, salvation is available to everybody. Why is not everybody saved? Well, it's because they have not all believed. And so what is required is that a person puts their faith in Jesus in order to begin to benefit from what he has done for them. Amen.
And so he says, The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Now watch verse 12. He says, teaching us. Teaching us this grace of God that has appeared. Jesus, he says, the grace of God is, is teaching us. I want you to really, I just want to drive that home. Grace is teaching us. Grace is teaching us. Grace is teaching us. Now, now what is grace teaching us? We'll look at what grace is teaching us, and then we'll look at how grace teaches us. Now, he says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live, look at this now, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And so, friend, Clearly, the grace of God is not teaching us to sin. There's not more sin under grace. No, the grace of God is teaching us that we, uh, it's teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, and that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Look at verse 13. The grace of God is teaching us to look, looking for that blessed hope. Grace teaches us to look for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, verse 14, who gave himself for us, praise God, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. And so grace is teaching you to be zealous of good works. Friend, to be zealous of good works means that you have a desire to do right. You, you are actually passionate and excited about doing right. Remember, under the works of the law, it feels like it's forced upon you. Oh, I, I, I gotta try to live right. No, grace makes you zealous of good works. Grace teaches you to be zealous of good works. And so now let's go back to verse 12 uh, and we'll look at how grace teaches us. He says, grace is teaching us that we it's, it's teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. Now, let me ask you this question, friend. How is grace teaching us to do this? How is grace teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts? How is grace teaching us to do this? Now, you see, when you ask most people that question, whether they consciously realize it or not, uh, most people would probably say, well, grace is teaching us because grace shows us the right thing to do. Grace will show us the right thing to do in the Word, and that is correct. But they might say, uh, grace is teaching us kind of like this. It'll say, here's what you ought to do. You, you ought to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. And so grace, they might say, teaches us kind of like the Ten Commandments, like, like by giving us a, a list of things we should not be doing. In other words, thou shall not uh, have ungodliness, Thou shalt not have worldly lust. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm getting radical, friends. I'm going to knock over some religious uh, cows today. <laughs> um, he says, uh, you know, they, they might think, well, grace says uh, you should not have any ungodliness. You should not have any worldly lusts. Uh, you ought to get rid of this sin in your life. And then it's kind of like you working hard to not have any, any ungodliness. It's you working hard to not have any worldly lusts. And, and, and then when you, when you do fall short, well, then grace is there to, uh, to, to forgive you. You know, there's grace for that. And they kind of think, uh, you know, that grace is teaching us by giving us a, a system of rules to follow. This is what many people still believe, is, is that the Bible uh, is, is a system of, 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 of rules and regulations. Well, that was Old Covenant. That's not New Covenant. That's not how grace teaches you. 
See, grace doesn't say uh, you should not have any ungodliness or worldly lusts. That not, that's not how grace teaches you. Uh, grace doesn't say uh, don't sin today. See, that was the law that said that. I know some of you people are like, where, where are you going with this? What, what are you saying? <laughs> what I'm saying is this, friends, that the way that grace teaches us, remember now, I said grace is not a curriculum or a doctrine. Grace is alive. Man, grace is, is a person, Jesus. Grace is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace. In fact, uh, you can turn over to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. I want to look at that in the Amplified. Uh, the way grace teaches us is not by saying, don't do this, don't do that. No, grace teaches us in a much different, in a much better, more powerful way. You see, the way grace teaches us, friends, is by transforming us from the inside out. Man, if you can get a hold of this, grace teaches you because grace is alive in the born-again believer. Jesus is grace, amen? And so the moment you got born again, the moment you opened your heart to Jesus, man, that's when grace took up residence on the inside of you. Child of God, I want you to know that grace is living on the inside of you. I want you to understand today that the way grace is teaching you is by working in you. He's not saying, don't do this. He's saying, I know you're struggling with this. He's saying, I know you're struggling with these worldly lusts. He's saying, I know uh, it's, 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 it's difficult for you uh, to let go of some of these things. And so grace says, it's okay. Just look to me. Jesus says, just, just, just look to me. Keep your attention on me. Jesus is saying, keep your attention on me and man as you keep your attention on Jesus as you just behold Jesus as you just receive his love uh, for you as you just behold uh, and, 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 and remember praise God what he has done for you all the while grace is teaching you by working on the inside of you and when grace works on the inside of you what this looks like is that those desires you used to have that ungodliness, those worldly lusts, man, what happens is he's going to take those away. Grace is teaching you by removing those desires, praise God. You see, he'll take those old desires, those old want-tos, he'll remove those, and now grace is teaching you by giving you a new set of desires. Grace is teaching you by giving you new want-tos. Grace is teaching you by God planting his uh, dream and his desires and his will for you in your heart. You see, this is... This is not, you know, I work hard to try to live right. No, this is me looking to Jesus. When I look to Jesus, the Spirit of grace is working in me, and the Spirit of grace is teaching me. You can never separate grace from Jesus, and you can never separate grace from uh, the Spirit of grace. Grace is a person, and grace is a spirit. Grace is, is spiritual. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. Now remember, grace is a living reality that is alive in the heart of every born-again believer. Friends, I'm Alex Rubit. You've been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again tomorrow as we continue growing in our understanding of God's grace. Now once again, to find out more about our ministry and to access the full-length audios of this and other teachings, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. And if this podcast has been a blessing to you, be sure to subscribe, rate, 
rate and review. Help us to spread this good news of God's unmerited favor in and through the finished works of Jesus Christ. And one more thing, friends, if you'd like to support what God is doing in and through this ministry, you may do so by going to alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. I pray you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. Walk in his blessing, walk in his favor, walk in his goodness. And I look forward to talking to you again on tomorrow's podcast.